Chapter Twenty of The Flint Heart by Eden Philpotts. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty: The Deputation. The great day of the deputation arrived, and it was the largest deputation on record. As a rule, a deputation does not exceed twenty or so, but this deputation was five hundred beasts strong and two hundred yards long. They marched in pairs, just as they went into the ark, but the processions were rather different, because everything walked into the ark, excepting the flea and his friends who rode in, but the deputation only consisted of Dartmoor beasts and creatures, and five hundred of these included examples of nearly everything worth mentioning. De Quincey kindly dashed off a marching song for the deputation, and to hear them singing it with one voice as they tramped forward by hill and dale, through streams and over the tors, would have been a great adventure. As for the song, it was nothing to such a poet as De Quincey, and he had not only composed it, but also invented the tune one morning between the times of washing his face and brushing his hair. And that, as you know, is really no time at all. But the song belongs to this story, and you will be able better to picture the great procession of the beasts after you have read it. The Marching Song By your right, quick march, O creatures all, By your right, go marching along, And keep in time to the thundering rhyme Of our wonderful marching song, song, song as we flutter and we waddle and we wiggle and we waggle and we hop and we skip and we glide and we hurry and we scurry and we paddle and we slither and we creep and we run and we slide rattle 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 roll the kettles and bang wang bang roars the drum and pom 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 bray the trumpets loud as through the moor we come 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 toodle 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 shriek the flutes and bang wang bang roars the drum and clash, 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 do the cymbals crash, as through the moor we come. Steady, beasts, steady, don't make such a scrimmage, don't make such a scrimmage and row. We're a solemn deputation to show the wide world how, how, how. We can flutter and waddle and can wiggle and waggle and can hop and can skip and can glide and can hurry, and can scurry, and can paddle, and can slither, and can creep, and can run, and can slide. Rattle, 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 roll the kettles, and bang, wang, bang, roars the drum, and pom, 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 bray the trumpets loud, as through the moor we come, 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 come. Toodle, 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 shriek the flutes, and bang, wang, bang, roars the drum, and clash, 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 do the cymbals crash, as through the moor we come. To this vigorous song, and keeping excellent time, considering how different they all were, marched the five hundred upon Fairyland. They were not such grand and important animals as lived on the moor once, in the days when Futt and the new stoners fired their flint-headed arrows and flung their flint-headed spears. The deer were gone, and the bears and the wolves had also retired from business and I don't fancy such fierce and powerful people as the wolf and bear would have stood any nonsense from the badger, whether he had the flint heart or not. 
but now came the dusky and flapping company of the bats, or flitter-mice, as I prefer to call them. There were the horseshoe flitter-mouse and the long-eared flitter-mouse, the rare barbastel flitter-mouse, there were only three of them, and the noctule, or great flitter-mouse, the largest of them all. A company of common every day, or rather every night, sort of flitter-mice concluded this part of the procession. Then walked six hedgehogs under their own banner with the famous hedgehog motto of Prickly Does It. The moles came next, in shining velvet, and the shrews followed them, water shrews and land shrews, both singing with all their might and lifting up their little sharp noses into the air. And then walked about twenty fine foxes, dogs, and vixens, with a number of neat little cubs trotting two by two behind them. There were some grand stout foxes here, regular Dartmoor greyhounds, as sportsmen call them. Many had stood before hounds, and in their cinnamon coats, with their great white-tipped brushes and black pads, they made a splendid sight. Their flags bore rather commonplace mottoes, though true ones, namely, It is better to hunt than be hunted, and A goose on the back is worth two in the river. The rare pine martin came next, and beside him walked another uncommon person, the wildcat, still lame from his fight with the badger. And each was the last of his kind, and I am sorry to say they have both gone now. The polecat followed just behind them, and he has gone now too. Some rather unkind men killed him, for it is a curious thing that the rarer a creature is, the more anxious some sort of people are to finish him off, instead of helping him along his lonely road. The stoats and the weasels walked after, twenty-five of each. They didn't care a button for the badger, but they joined the other beasts out of friendship. Their motto is a good one for everybody, namely, keep your mouth shut and your eyes open. And if the lords of creation did that, the world would be quieter, and a great deal more useful work might be done in it. The otters rather delayed the procession, because they would plump into every pool of water that they passed to cool themselves. There were a dozen of them, and they talked among themselves, and didn't join in the singing, not because they couldn't, but because they were selfish and wouldn't. Their banner bore the greedy words, Salmon is cheap today. The squirrels followed after the otters. They frisked along and played the fool and kept losing their places in the song and singing too sharp. Their motto had been taken out of an old copy of the Daily Chronicle newspaper left by a tourist on the moor. It ran thus, eat nuts, and live forever. Then came the door-mice, and the harvest-mice, and the meadow-mice, or field-mice, as they are more often called, and then marched the Norway rat, and the rare old English black rat, and the field-vole, and the water-vole. These creatures numbered fifty-eight of the deputation, and they all hopped along together, 
and sang very fairly well. The last of the quadrupeds, or four-footed people, were the rabbits and hares, who completed the first part of the procession. Their motto is not generally known, and they invented it themselves. Wear fur all the year round, and laugh at the doctor. Which is a very good motto for them, and would suit me too, but you might not like it. I may mention that the hares walked last. That was the place of honor, given to them because they were game. Then came the birds, and this book is far too short even to tell you all their names. But every Dartmoor bird was there, and with their singing and hooting and croaking and booming and chattering and cawing and twittering and chuckling and squeaking and mewing and crowing and cooing and gobbling and quacking and chirruping and quacking and cuckooing, they made the real music of the procession. The first idea among them was that they should walk according to their sizes, beginning with the smallest and working up to the biggest, like a school treat. But they decided that it would be more original and scientific to march according to their families, as arranged by learned men. So the thrushes and the missile thrushes and the red wings and the field fairs and blackbirds and ouzels and white ears and chats and robins and warblers and golden-crested wrens and chiff-chaffs and hedge-sparrows and such like came first. And the dippers came second, all alone. And the tits and hickey-noddies came third. And the wagtails and pippets came fourth and the swallows and martins came fifth, and the finches and bramblings and linnets and buntings and such like came sixth, and the starlings came seventh, and the jays and magpies and jackdaws and carrion crows and ravens, who are all no better than they ought to be, if not worse, came eighth, and the larks came ninth, and the swifts came tenth, and the woodpeckers eleventh, and the kingfishers twelfth, and the owls thirteenth, and the hawks, hobbies, and kestrels, and harriers, and buzzards, and peregrines, and such like, fourteenth, and the pigeons fifteenth, and the curlews, and plovers, and dotterels sixteenth, and the partridges seventeenth, and the pheasants eighteenth, and the water-rails, and land-rails nineteenth, and the woodcocks and snipes and sanderlings and sandpipers came twentieth, and the cuckoos and nightjars and shrikes and nuthatches and herons and the hoopoe, who was only a visitor but joined to see the fun, and many, many other birds, too numerous to mention, brought up the end of this part of the procession. Next, in a select group by themselves, followed the reptiles, the grass-snakes, and the lizards, and the blind-worms, and the toads, and the frogs, and the efts, whose excellent motto waved above them, Keep cool, whatever happens. The adder, you will notice, was not there. He wanted to come, but in the first place nobody trusted him, and in the second he was banished out of fairyland forever and a day for reasons we need not go into here. The day had long since passed, but the ever was still going on, and didn't seem inclined to finish. So the adder stopped at home, 
and said that he was on the badger's side. A few of the more important insects brought up the end of the procession, and the door beetles and grasshoppers, the humble-bees and the busy-bees all helped largely with the music of the march. Of course, the fish from the streams couldn't go, and that didn't matter because they were not much interested. It is true the badger often stood on the banks and made faces at them, but neither trout nor salmon minded that as long as the badger kept on shore. Besides, they were arranging a little deputation of their own about the otters, who didn't keep on shore by any means, and were eating them so constantly that they began to feel rather anxious and worried. So that was the deputation, and they marched to the Pixies' Holt, and entered it, and arranged themselves on the rows of numbered chairs, placed ready for them in the public hall. And then the spokesman of the deputation came to the front, and stood in a row, for, of course, the whole five hundred couldn't speak. When all was ready, the trumpet sounded, and the king and queen and royal family, and the bodyguard of Jackie Toads, and the great officers, and the master of the ceremonies, and the gentlemen-in-waiting, and the ladies-in-waiting, all came in to hear what the deputation had got to say for itself. End of chapter 20